The Amos and Andy program has been delayed a few minutes in order to bring you the latest news from the NBC newsroom in New York. Here is Don Hollenbeck. Allied armies in Normandy pushed closer tonight to their immediate objectives, the port of Cherbourg and the railway town of Caen, ten miles inland. An American flying wedge of parachute troops and infantrymen has cut the main line of German communications to Cherbourg by capturing the town of Saint-Mère-Église, 19 miles away, and sweeping on across the main peninsular railway and the highway that runs parallel to it. Communique number eight tonight says again, satisfactory progress. And here's a summary of the situation as Supreme Headquarters sees it. Heavy fighting in all areas, particularly around Caen, where the Germans are making a frantic effort to stop the advance of the British and Canadians. Both sides are using more and more armor. So far, the Germans haven't been able to match ours. A good many of the German strong points that had to be bypassed have now been eliminated. Weather is still foul, but supplies are getting through to the beachheads, although air activity has been cut to a minimum. Tonight's communique tells of a sea battle off Brittany before dawn today. Eight Allied destroyers, none of them American, blew up a German destroyer, ran another aground and damaged two more off Usant Island, due west of Brest. An American-led destroyer force intercepted a force of heavily armed German torpedo boats and drove them off the beachhead area in the Seine Bay, around the islands of Saint-Marcouf. Generals George Marshall and H.H. H. Arnold and Admiral Ernest King, our top commanders of land, sea, and air, have arrived in London to meet with the Allied High Command. Some of the problems they have to consider are these. The Allied offensive is entering its most critical phase tonight with little prospect that the danger will pass for at least ten days more. The biggest Allied the Germans have had so far is the weather. It has delayed the unloading of our supplies, and the beachhead just doesn't get along without supplies. We're getting stuff ashore despite this break. When the weather does turn fine, everybody will breathe easier, except the Germans. Our air punch, too, depends on weather. The Allies need this great striking power to keep German reserves out of the battle. Days of idleness for this air punch mean just that many more German reserves for the ground forces to handle. But one great advantage the Allies possess is initiative. Our commanders know where we're going, and the Germans don't. They must scatter their defense, and Rommel cannot be at all certain that this Normandy landing is the real Allied blow. With control of the seas, the Allies can go anywhere they wish. Now some invasion impressions from various observers at the front. One of the biggest groups of American casualties and German prisoners of war came into a British port early Saturday invasion time. Many of those injured were airborne troops with broken legs. Most of the prisoners are described as a sorry-looking lot. The Berlin radio tonight says Marshal Rommel looks as if he has been losing sleep. Well, that's one German report it's a pleasure to believe. And in case the German people are wondering why Goebbels hasn't done a little article on the invasion, the Berlin radio explains today that Goebbels' paper Das Reich had gone to press just too early for the big doings, so he got scooped. And finally, one lonely Japanese has showed up on the German side in Normandy, not as a soldier, just as a ditch digger. Americans who put him in the prisoner cage with some of the master race said he looked so sorry. Now I'll round up the news on the other fronts today. The Japanese fleet, which has been so coy, has been leading with its chin. Tonight, General MacArthur's headquarters announces the sinking of four Japanese destroyers off the western coast of New Guinea by Mitchell bombers. A day or two liberators damaged a heavy cruiser. Shortly before that, another destroyer had been sunk. General progress is reported on the Asian mainland, except at Changsha, where the showdown battle is developing. More good news from the Western Oceans. A joint Anglo-American statement tonight says Allied shipping losses during May in the Atlantic were the lowest by far of any month of the war. For every United Nations ship sunk, several German submarines are being sent to the battle. 
to the bottom. I beg your pardon. Allied troops still have it all their own way in Italy. The whole front is now in motion with gains up to 55 miles north of Rome. Announced today are the capture of the important towns of Viterbo and Tarquinia. Premier Bonomi, 71-year-old successor to the edged-out Badoglio, says he'll have a cabinet formed by tomorrow. This special news report by Don Hollenbeck came to you from the NBC Newsroom in New York. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Will you please come on? Wait a minute, Amos. What's going on here? It's the Amos and Andy Show. Well, things are normal this week with Amos and Andy, which means that Andy's in trouble again. This time, the trouble is in the form of some bills which he has neglected to pay. As we look in on him now, we find Andy sitting in his office talking to Fred Gwindell. Just look at these bills all over the desk here, Fred. I wish I could think of some way to keep them from coming in here all the time. They bothers the life out of me. Well, Brother Andy, you could get a job, you know, and pay for them. Oh, well, they don't bother me that much. <laughs> uh, uh, tell me this, Andy. Who's pounding at you now? Well, there's one firm that's really closing in on me. Let me show you a series of three letters I got from them. Uh, yeah, I'd like to hear them. Read them there. Now, here's the first one. My dear Mr. Brown. It was with great pleasure that we received your order, and we trust that this will be the beginning of a long and happy association. Sounds good. Undoubtedly, due to an oversight, you have neglected to remit the $7 due us. Sounds bad. <laughs> we hope to receive your check at your earliest convenience. You see there, Fred, they hung themselves right there when they say, my earliest convenience. So happens that my earliest convenience is late this year. Yeah, well, now, uh, uh, that don't sound like such a bad letter, though, Andy. Yeah, well, let me read you the next one that I got ten days later. Oh. It starts off here, Mr. Brown. Now, you see there, Fred, they left off the my dear. Yeah. As far as day is concerned, the honeymoon is over. They're <laughs> <laughs> getting right down to business there already. Yeah, they say here... We are at a loss to understand your failure to remit the $7 you owe us. We trust that you will send this to us without further delay. You notice, Fred, they didn't say a word in there about our happy association. <laughs> then they go on to say here, We must insist that you send us your check by return mail so as not to impair our cordial relations. Now they're dragging my relations in it. <laughs> my relations ain't got no more money than I have. Yeah, well, I guess they don't care who pays the money as long as they get paid. Yeah, well, here's the last one I got. Uh -huh. This is where our romance finally busted up good. Uh -huh. Starts off here, dear sir, unless we receive the $7 you owe us within the next 24 hours, our lawyers will take the necessary legal steps. And there you is. That's the whole picture. From love to jail in three letters. <laughs> I tell you, Fred, I done lost all confidence in humanity. You know that? Yeah, well, I see what you mean, Andy. Uh, but you didn't tell me this. Uh, uh, what is the $7 for the day is after? What did you buy? I didn't buy nothing. No. The Comfy Collar Shirt Company done sent me some shirts free of charge, and now they're trying to make me pay for them. <laughs> 
Uh, free of charge. Yeah. I never heard of nobody sending out shirts without charging for them, though. Well, that's the imprint they give you from the advertisement that I got in the mail. Well, here it is, right here. You can see for yourself. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see that. Let me see here. Say, your name has been given to us as a prominent businessman, one who appreciates fine merchandise. Hmm. Will you allow us to send you four shirts which you may examine free of charge? These shirts are of the best... These shirts are the best dollar and 75 cent value to be found anywhere today. However, if by any chance you do not like them, you may return them to us within five days. Well, and uh, uh, that's what you ought to have done, done. You ought to have done sent the shirts back. They said to return them if I didn't like them, but I liked them. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I grant you, grant you that, Ander. Uh, the ad is a little confusing, but no matter how you read it, you still got to pay them for the shirts or send them the shirts back, one of the two. You know, Fred, you was beginning to sound like you was on their side. <laughs> I ain't got no money, and the shirts is gone. Well, can't you get them back, Ander? No, I can't get them back, and I'll tell you why. Oh, uh, why? The day that the shirts was delivered, it was Amos's birthday. Yeah. I was sitting here in the office when Amos walked in. I done clean forgot about Amos's birthday, and I didn't get him no present, and there was nothing I could do but give him the shirts. Yeah, well, Amos is a pretty good friend of yours. Uh, why don't you try to get him to give you the shirts back again? Yeah, I guess that's the only thing to do to stay out of trouble. I'm going to call him on the phone. I'm so glad you got home. Andy called a little while ago. Oh, what did he want, honey? He asked me about those four shirts that he gave you for your birthday about two months ago. He wanted them back. Wanted them back? That's right. He said he's been thinking it over, and he doesn't think those shirts are right for you. You know, that green polka dot one and the pink one and the other two? He says he wants to get those back and get you four new ones sometime. Yeah, well, uh, what did you tell him, honey? I was so embarrassed I didn't know what to tell him for a second. I finally said they were all in the laundry and wouldn't be back for a couple of weeks. You remember, Amos, you gave all those shirts to Ralph Jenkins. Yeah, that's right. I remember we discussed the whole thing, too. The shirts was too big for me, and we said that it wasn't right with the clothes shortage to leave them shirts laying in the drawer that we ought to give them to somebody that really needed them. Yes, and I, I didn't want to tell Andy about it because I didn't want to hurt his feelings after he'd done all that shopping. Yeah, well, we just got to stick to that story and... Tell him that they is in the laundry and they won't be back for a long time. And so, Kingfish, in a nutshell, there's the mess I is in. I can't get the shirts back in time. Yeah, I see what you mean there, Brother Ender, but how does this concern me? Well, I want you to help me, Kingfish, because I know you is like a eel when it comes to squirming out of things like this. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you, and, uh, yeah, I've done some high-class wiggling in my day. <laughs> you see, Kingfish, right now it's a race between the four shirts, the $7, and the lawyers. And so far, the lawyers is way ahead. Uh, tell me this, Anna, suppose I does help you wiggle out of this mess. Uh, what is in it for me? Well, of course, I ain't got no money right now. But... Well, in that case, you've come to the wrong man. I'm strictly a cash wiggler. <laughs> 
Say, Kingfish, something just recurred to me. Mm-hmm. I was holding the IOU of yours in the amount of $3. Yeah, well, it's got to be running along now, Anderson. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Come back here. Wait a minute. Hold on. What's the matter? Besides that, it also just recurred to me that there's a law that say that nobody can't give credit for more than 60 days. And your 60 days was up 90 days ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you got yourself a wiggler. <laughs> now you're talking. Mm-hmm. Now, which is the best and cheapest way to get me out of this mess? Well, now, offhand, I would say if there was some way of getting them shirts back, that would be the best. Oh, no, not a chance. Like I told you, Amos done sent them four shirts to the laundry, and they ain't gonna be back for two weeks. Uh, did you say four shirts? Yeah, why? Well, now, this may be just a coincidence, uh... Maybe it don't mean nothing, but about a month ago, Amos gave four shirts to one of the Lodge brothers. A fellow by the name of Ralph Jenkins. Uh, uh, Amos told Ralph that he didn't want the shirts. Yeah, you know what kind of shirts they was? Well, I see them wear a couple of them. One of them was a pink one, I remember, and one was a green polka dot. Oh, yeah. So that's what Amos done done with the presents I give him, huh? Laundry. Hmm. I can hardly wait for Amos' next birthday to come to don't give him nothing. Yeah, well, now, uh, this is the answer, then, to the whole thing, Andy. We'll get the shirts back from Jenkins, and we'll tell him that Amos ain't had no right to give them to him in the first place. And that if he'll keep his mouth shut about it, why, he ain't gonna get in no trouble. Let's go, Kingfish. I just hope in the meantime that none of Jenkins' friends has had a birthday. <laughs> We left Andy and the Kingfish on their way to get back the shirts which Amos had given away to Ralph Jenkins. As we picked them up now, we discovered that the task of retrieving the shirts was not as difficult as the boys had imagined. Kingfish, I never thought we'd get these shirts back from Ralph Jenkins as easy as this. Yeah, lucky thing his door was open, (laughs) Andy. Uh, going in his laundry bag and taking the shirts out, uh... That wasn't stealing, was it, Kingfish? Oh, of course not, Andy. We just repossessed some property that didn't belong to the fellow we was taking it from in the first place. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right, then. Yeah, well, now, Andy, now that you've got the shirts, uh, we'd better take them right down to the Comfy Carlo Shirt Company and return them. Then you were square. Yeah, well, look, the advertisement is right on my desk over there. Yeah. Get the address off it, will you, Kingfish? Yeah, yeah the address here is way downtown. Uh, say, this really was offered it made you, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Dollar and seventy-five cent value. Uh oh. What's the matter? Uh, didn't you read this? Read what? It say here, in the event that you decide not to keep these shirts, you may return them to us, providing they has not been worn. Oh me. You know, Kingfish, that comfy collar shirt company is out to get me. Yeah, well, well, these shirts has all been worn, right? Uh, and when that Ralph Jenkins wears shirts, he really wears them. You lucky, though, Andy, we got him away from him before the summer sets in. In the summertime, he wears his shirts on both sides. <laughs> Only in the summer, huh? Yeah. Oh, in the winter, when uh, he turns the shirts on the other side, he claims the buttons is chilly. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what we're going to do now, Kingfish. 
They ain't going to take these shirts back. Oh, wait a minute. Who is this coming in here? How do you do, gentlemen? My name is Jack Stanley. I'm looking for a Mr. Andrew Brown. Well, I is Andrew Brown. Well, I'm from the Comfy Collar Shirt Company. Andrew Brown ain't in. I'm glad to meet you, Mr. Brown. I have some great news for you. These comfy collar shirts that you ordered are the finest shirt value in this country today. Yeah, but I... Now, I'm the customer contact man, and it's my job to go out and straighten out little difficulties such as you've been having here with these four shirts before the lawyers step into the picture. Now, I can tell you, Mr. Brown, from our short acquaintance here with you, that it's not a question of money. Money? Of course not. Ha, ha, ha. Where is I? I see. Well, now, uh, let me make a guess, Mr. Brown. You're not married. Or, uh, are you? Oh, uh, wait a minute now. You're guessing both ways. Well, now, offhand, I'd say you're a single man. Yeah, well, what about it? What about it? Why, Mr. Brown, have you ever thought of the beauties of matrimony? A little house in the country? A little wife to welcome you home at the end of a strenuous day? A delicious dinner on the table? And after that, the laughter and the gaiety of little children on the living room? Your children. These are the beauties of matrimony. This is every man's dream. And do you know how you can make that dream come true? How? By wearing a comfy collar shirt. <laughs> Boy, that must be some shirt. <laughs> Sounds strange, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the greatest dollar and 75 cent value I don't ever hear of. Don't <laughs> well, it's happened to thousands of other men, Mr. Brown, and it can happen to you, too. Now, take my own case, for instance. Six years ago, I was a forgotten man. I was shunned by the opposite sex. My life was a lonely one. For months, the only companionship I had was the echo of my own thoughts. I was being dragged down, down by the chains of loneliness. And why? Why? All because of a crumpled collar. Well, I am so sorry to hear that. Mr. Brown, haven't you noticed the tendency on the part of the feminine sex to avoid you? Well, no, I wouldn't say so, other than the fact that I can't get no dates. And the only reason he can't is that the gals won't go out with him. Wouldn't help him none if he was wearing a horse collar. I'd tell you that. <laughs> well, so six years ago, I was in the same spot until a friend, and only now do I realize what a real friend he was, told me about a comfy collar shirt. I bought a comfy collar shirt, and hardly had I gotten it on when my whole life took a different course. I, oh, it became a series of parties, invitations, dates. Ah, my telephone was ringing night and day. <laughs> and that could happen to you, Mr. Brown. Uh, well, that couldn't happen to Mr. Brown. And why not? Uh, his telephone done been disconnected. He... <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. What I'm trying to say, gentlemen, is that it's due to the comfy collar shirt that I was able to meet and marry the little wife who's waiting for me at home right now. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Stanley, but that don't look like a comfy collar shirt that you was wearing here now. Uh, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> well, no, well, no, 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 this isn't uh, a comfy collar shirt. <laughs> you see, uh, my wife is a, a bad cook and I'm trying to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Brown, uh, have you made your decision? Are you going to send us the $7 or return the shirts or what? Uh, well, tell me this, miss. Uh, if I decide to return the shirts, is they got to be like new? Absolutely. They can't be worn. Yeah, well, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, now, let me warn you. Your decision must come by tomorrow morning or the lawyers will come by tomorrow afternoon. I was afraid of that. And in leaving, let me say, if you take my advice, you'll pay for the shirts. If you don't, you're going to cause yourself a lot of trouble. Now, I hope you do the smart thing, Mr. Brown. Good day. Kingfish, my only chance to make this is to make them shirts look like they ain't been wore. You know that? And that's what I'm going to do. Now, wait a minute. How can you unwear a shirt? We're going to wash them, Kingfish. Now, nothing doing, and I ain't got time right now. I'm busy. Oh, it'll be a cinch. 
Lightning has got an old five-gallon ice cream freezer down in the cellar that they use once in a while for washing clothes in. We can wash the shirts in that. In an ice cream freezer? That's right. It's one of them things that you can turn by hand. Come on, Kingfish, let's go over there. And uh, you ain't got a bigger apron than this for me, is you? Yeah, you're getting splashed up there a little, huh? Uh, Lightning, hold it for a second. Aye, yeah, sir. Lightning, can you really get clothes clean in this ice cream freezer? Aye, yeah, sir, Miss Anne. It makes good ice cream, too. You mean you still use it for ice cream? <coughs> it don't seem like a good idea to use it for both. Well, it don't work bad, Miss Andy. Only trouble is sometimes the sheets and pillowcases come out strawberry. <laughs> oh, take the lid off, Lightning. Yeah. Oh, look at them shirts in there now. They're coming along fine. Oh, I see it is. See, uh, I was just thinking, before we finish it up here, though, we ought to uh, put some starch in there. Uh, I know you're supposed to do that. Yeah, that's right. I wonder how much we ought to put in there. Well, that's easy to figure. We got four shirts in there, so we put in four boxes of starch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. That ought to be enough. We don't want to put too much in there. No. Sure, after all, when we taste the shirts back, they got to look like new. You got all the starch there, Lightning? Uh, yeah, sir. Here it is. Well, dump it all into things. Yeah. yeah. Pour it in there, Lightning. Oh, boy. Don't they look pretty in there? Yeah, look just like a frozen custard with polka dots in there. <laughs> okay, Lightning. Start turning again. Stand back, man. Say, I wonder if we didn't put too much starch in these shirts, Hannah. Well, this is the last one. Now there's all iron. Yeah, help me fold the sleeve back on this one, will you? Catch hold of the cuff there and push. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, come on, push. Mm-hmm. Push harder, a little more. <clears throat> okay, that's got it. Yeah, too much starch in there, all right. Uh, careful now, Lightning. Don't drop them shirts. They're liable to crack off on you. <laughs> Just stand them up in the corner. Say, look here, don't you think they're going to notice this scorch we got on the front of this shirt here? Oh, no, the starch will cover that up. We'll sprinkle some on it. Yeah. Well, as soon as Lightning come back with the wrapping paper, we'll wrap them up and take them back to the company. Yeah, now, I was really surprised that these shirts come out as good as it did after taking the beating it did in the ice cream freezer. Wait a minute, Kingfish, wait a minute. Let's look at these shirts. What is the use of kidding ourselves? There ain't a chance in the world the company taking these shirts back. A two-year-old child could see that they'd been worn and done over. You know, and I was just thinking, Amos is the cause of a lot of this trouble. If he didn't like the shirts in the first place, he ain't had no business uh, giving them away. He ought to give them back to you. And then you could have took them back to the company unwar. You wouldn't have been in no trouble then. Instead of that, he gave them to Ralph Jenkins. He wore them, and now it's a mess. Yeah, that was a mean trick, Amos, all right, giving away a birthday present. He is what you call the end-in receiver. And if I was you, I would take these shirts back to the company and throw the whole blame on Amos. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going down there right now and start throwing. Well, Andy, 
Bill, do you feel unlocked since you took them shirts back to the company yesterday? Yeah, I done told the president all about how we had the washerman lightning's ice cream freezer. Mm-hmm. Of course, he didn't believe me, but I told him it was an ice cream freezer, all right. Yeah. But I told him if there's any blame, it's all on count of Amos Jones. Yeah, well, like I told you, Amos... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Uh, here come Amos now. Yeah. Well, hello there, boys. How is you? What do you want, Amos? Uh, listen, Andy, there's something that's been bothering me for a couple of days. It's kind of been on my mind. It's about them shirts. Well, now, look, Amos. I knows all about it, and what's done is done. So just let's forget it. I give them shirts to you as a present. So them shirts and whatever happens with them shirts is your business. Yeah, Andy is right, Amos. Right is right. Yeah, I know, fellas, but I just wanted to tell you... Well, well, here's your old customer contact man back again. Oh, how is you, Mr. Contact? I'm looking for a man by the name of Amos Jones. I thought you could tell me where to find him. Yeah, he's sitting right there. That's him. Uh, well, what you want to see me about, mister? Oh, oh, Mr. Jones. I'm from the Comfy Collar Shirt Company, and our president, Mr. Marshall, has asked me to see you. Yeah, he's the one to see you, all right. Seems to me that you had something to do with four of our shirts that were washed in an ice cream freezer. Yeah, he's your man, all right. Now, uh, wait a minute, mister. I don't... Now, we've investigated this whole thing. Uh, look, mister, this is all a mystery to me. Uh... No mystery to us, Mr. Jones. Our sales department is going to embody this in our new selling campaign because any shirt that can stand up in an ice cream freezer and come out undamaged is the nation's number one shirt. I still don't see... Now, Mr. Jones, you have given us a marvelous selling point and an appreciation. We are happy to present you with this check for $50 and four new shirts. <laughs> well, say, uh, what's the matter with Mr. Brown there? His eyes are closed. Yeah, he always closes them when he faints. to tune in again next Friday night at the same time when Amos and Andy will present their closing show before leaving the air for the summer. Andy will become the owner of a used car. Don't miss it. Our program is broadcast to our armed forces everywhere. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for all of us, bidding all of you good night. Good night.